Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. We have six kids, and sometimes it was everything we could do just to survive. There were things breaking all the time as the kids were younger. Road trips were always fun because I actually almost left a kid one time at a rest area. It's just really impossible to keep up with everybody, and I keep expecting them, you take care of it. And um, you drive off thinking, uh, head count, do I have them all? I'm John Fuller, and my co-host is Danny Huerta. And Danny, you're a counselor. You've seen a lot of families of different sizes. And I wonder if you noticed any particular pattern in families with, oh, five or six or eight kids, bigger families. <laughs> After a while, the rules go out the window, and they just are looking for survival, yeah. really. Actually, there have been some families that have figured it out, and they do say that after three kids, it's almost all the same. Yeah, the the chaos doesn't change, really. In chaos, and you begin to employ some of your older kids into the the parental board of your home. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, Yeah. I I do think that there are some very black-and-white parents that end up having a real difficult time with the larger family, and over time, they're shaped by the volume of uh, rule breaking that begins to happen. The the real thing needs to be prioritizing when it comes to rules, when it's mom and dad trying to deal with a large family. Yeah, and, and you quickly decide what battles are worth fighting and which really just don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been listening for the past couple of episodes to Julie Lyle's car about her big family and the way she's learned to identify, as you put it, necessary rules. And here now is Jim Daly with Julie. Let me ask you this. When God sees us, you know, mom and dad and the kids, in your case, the eight kids that he's given you, what is he looking for? I think he's looking for a celebration of what he's created. I, You know, Genesis tells us that God creates and he stands back and he, and he says, this is good stuff. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And so I think he's looking for people to partner with him in parenting who equip themselves to celebrate his good purpose and what he has designed. You know, I've got kids that are quirky. I've got kids who behave in funny ways. I've got kids who, you know, my 16-year-old who goes to the grocery store without shoes. I know, I know. But I celebrate that now in a way that was hard for me to celebrate initially when I thought there should have been, you know, stronger rules or what are people going to think. How did you get there, though? i got to ask you because, I mean, has he ever looked at the bottom of his feet when he got home? <laughs> but you got, it's, it's what you pay attention to, right? But, but, but I mean, it's true, though. What, uh, and I'm just thinking of particularly, again, moms, but dads, too, that are so wrapped up in how could you ever do that? I have used those words, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and I would love to be more celebratory <laughs> with the boys <laughs> And their uniquenesses. But ha- how do you move from point A to point B uh, to where you can relax and you're prioritizing a- appropriately and concentrating on the right thing so you're not really doing damage? You know, I think for me, part of it, and, and when people ask about the size of our family in terms of, well, what's the testimony on that? You know, that, that means God thinks you're amazing parents. I'm like, maybe it just I mean, took... did you adopt? They always get asked that too. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think part of it may just be that God's like, I finally got through to her after eight. (laughs) She finally (laughs) figured it out. I think part of it organically came about for me because, honestly, when you're raising this number of kids, there are certain things you just learn organically are not that important. Okay, so a kid went to the ballet and he was wearing nasty sneakers. Nobody died. It's okay. And so I think some of those things just in basic survival of did we have everybody in the car and is everybody at least (laughs) somewhat covered – 
fine, we're good, it's a victory. I think that really resetting what my expectations were for what children can do, who they can be, and then just through the process of seeing when you celebrate someone and you honor them, compliance and those times that you need to say, hey, I'm just asking just for this family wedding, would you please take the blue out of your hair. You know, it, when, you, when you really reduce down where it's not every day you're hammering them about something else that doesn't meet your preference. I mean, here's the reality. I decorate my home based on a preference I have. How would I feel if I had somebody coming into my world and saying, you must decorate in this certain way when really at the end of the day, it's a non sequitur. That's become one of the questions I've tried to focus on as well is what is a non sequitur? What really in the grand scope of things does not matter mm. in comparison to the health and the joy of this kid's soul. If that kid wants to wear weird nail polish or wants to wear a ripped whatever, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter because they're a great grand person with compassion. Let's just celebrate that. You you mentioned Justice, your son, and he seems to be uh, the one that doesn't like the rules so much. At least that's how you said it. Give us an example of where that really came to light, where you kind of had to go toe-to-toe with him. It's funny, Justice and I laugh a lot. I adore him. He's 21 now, and he, he was—he, you know, he's—I mean, <laughs> and he's—he's he's living in an apartment on his own. It can happen, people. Um, but you know, part of what is so fun with Justice is now when he comes home, he's the one who says to the younger kids, "You need to be listening to mom. I've been watching you, and she asked you to take out the trash, and you just sat there and." I sit there with my mouth open cracking up because Justice has always been the kid who's had lots of opinions and he really needs to know and he really wants you to know and this is the way things. And so to see him come into a season now where he recognizes, oh, that's why you guys rode me so hard on some stuff. So he's putting the pieces together. Oh, he definitely That's has. a glorious day. Hey, that's yeah. a glorious day. It's, <laughs> it's a, a glorious home day. Run. It's a home run. But, you know, he was one that... A lot of times his interruption of the rules was pretty fascinating because his had a lot more to do with some of his fears. And Mm. he, for example, we would say, look, we're going to put you in bed. You can leave the lights on. We decided that was a non sequitur. Why fight that fight? Right. It's okay. Uh, You can read books till whenever. That's fine. You just have to stay in your room. That's all we're asking. And he, because he was so terrified of being separated from us night after night after night, would break that rule, knowing that there would be consequence. And so it was, it's a small thing, but it was something that we began to identify. It wasn't disobedience out of some kind of, you know, just really contrary Defiant. spirit. It was a malicious. Right. Yeah. It was not a malicious thing. It was really important for us to get down to the heart of it. And yeah. he was scared, and he was genuinely scared, and he was scared enough that he was willing to defy what we had put in place, knowing that there would be a consequence for it. That was a real breakthrough moment. And we found that a lot with him, that there were things that he might not follow what we had laid out. And we didn't use it as some kind of ollie ollie oxen free, but it was this, okay, talk us through why, because you knew if there's one thing that Mike and I've really tried to bring to the table, we don't have a bunch of rules, but what we have rules on, we're very consistent on. So you can bet if you break that one, that's going to be an issue. And he would say, well, I was really worried about So we had to get to the core of what was really a challenge for him was that worrisome little nature that he has that comes from a strength. He's naturally a shepherd. He is naturally someone who realizes everyone in the room, is very empathic, is very concerned about everybody's experience, but it makes him a worrier because all of our strengths have this Achilles heel to them. And so we had to really process that with him. 
again, just speaking from experience, I really appreciated what Julie said about being consistent. We did try to kind of minimize the rules and maximize the traditions, if you will, the household values and traditions. But consistency, if you've got four or five kids looking at you and you make an exception for one, then all the others are going to say, hey, what about me? It's not fair. So it's really, really vital that you decide this is a rule that I'm going to apply across the board. That's not always easy. And Danny, regardless of family size, a lot of parents struggle with that consistency and with defining what's really necessary here as a rule. What guidelines do you have? Number one, the safety rule is the one that a lot of couples disagree on. Uh, there are dads. I'll, I'll give the the bike helmet example. <laughs> the, the bike helmet is a common one that moms and dads disagree on. Yes. And I remember facing this as a dad with with my wife. We're getting ready to go on a bike, uh, uh, just a bike ride as a family. And my son said, "Hey, dad, you don't have your helmet on. We're all supposed to wear helmets." And and that was a, a good indication for me. I need to figure out, is this really a rule for our family or not? And so figuring out what are our safety rules in our home, what are our character growth uh, rules and goals that we have in our home, uh, what what do we have around respect, what do we have around the, the language we use in our homes, and then being very consistent. It's applying the rules to ourselves as well. If there are no rated R movies, then there are no rated R movies. Uh, if you say, well, just grownups can watch that, is that really true? Is that where our moral code lies? Mm-hmm. And that, those are, we have great discussions that plugged in about this. Uh, and really figuring out as a, as a husband and wife, you want to write down what are the rules that are non-negotiable and what are the negotiable rules? And as the kids get older, how much negotiating do they get? Because that's healthy. You know, why do we have this rule? I'm I'm getting a little older. Can we change it a little bit? Those are the negotiable rules. Maybe mm-hmm. it's bedtimes, time going out, time with friends. And then the non-negotiable rules are those character rules that you've established in your home that will always be there, and you yourself are living those out. That's an easy exercise to do as a husband and wife, maybe easy and hard at the same time. Yeah. Writing those non-negotiable, negotiable rules, and then what kids have earned the right to have some of the negotiation and what kids have not. Hmm. And then you can say to one of your kids, your brother, your sister has been managing themselves well and has earned the opportunity to be able to negotiate some of these rules. You have not. Your decision-making has not been there. You can certainly get there over time. We would love to be able to negotiate with you, but for now they're non-negotiables for you. And each kid is unique in their journey. Yeah, that's good, Danny. And our featured resource this week just reinforces a lot of what you've heard on this episode. It's Julie's great book, Raising an Original. And uh, when you make a donation to support Focus on the Family, we'll send a copy of our featured resource, and it's Julie's book. So please uh, follow the link to our website. It's in the show notes. Or give us a call. That's in the show notes as well. And uh, make a donation today, and we'll send Julie's book to you course, uh, it's always helpful to leave a review, and that can help others find us and uh, enjoy the content. And please, if you're not already doing so, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Now, next time, we'll hear more from Dave Ramsey about helping your kids know what to do with their money once they've earned it. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.